BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and you know my guest today from season 22 of The Bachelor and a stint in paradise in both Mexico and Australia, which I didn't know, so I can't wait to ask ah, you about that. Yeah. <laughs> but more recently, she's made it her mission to open up about her fertility journey and raise awareness for women hoping to start families. Hello, Caroline Lunny. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm psyched to be able to talk about this and get the word out because I like to scream it from the rooftops. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you too. And Ari's season of the show was just a personal favorite of, of mine as just everything that went yeah, down. Well. <laughs> but I think I'm biased. <laughs> yes, no, but you have every right to be. That was a wild one to be a part of. Before we get specifically into your work as a fertility advocate in your journey, can you just give the Us Weekly listeners and readers a little update on what you've been up to since we've seen you on the show. Are you single? Where have you been living? Just like a general catch us up on all things Caroline. I am single as a Pringle. Um, I am, I'm working. Um, I sell real estate. And ready to to have be a mom? Uh, I, I don't know if I'm ready to. The thing is, is people always, they're like, oh, well, why don't you just like get a sperm donor and do it now? Um, and I, I'm not ready to necessarily be a mom yet. If like the stars aligned and I met someone and we were like, you want to be a dad? I want to be a mom. Like, should we do this? Like a little bit, like we could travel with kids. Like that could be fun. Um, it was funny. I didn't realize how loud the clock is actually ticking, like your biological clock. And then when you're like freeze your eggs, you're like, wait a minute, I'm frozen in time here. And it's really nice because then you can just breathe and go, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have to keep dating this loser. I can say, see you later. And just it's nice because it gave me time that I didn't think I had. And I definitely was about to settle with somebody because I thought I didn't have time. And it's cool to, I'm very grateful for this whole experience for that because I, um, I, I would have made a big mistake. So. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. And I think a lot of women probably can relate to that sentiment. Um, let's go back to the beginning when you, from what I understand, you took some sort of test, explain it to me that maybe that gave you a sign that you needed to take steps. Cause you were only 29. How old are you now? I'm 31 now. Okay. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we all go on the bachelor looking for love, right? You know, that's why we're there. And we're like, Ooh, maybe like, this is going to be how I meet my husband because we all want to be like Sean Lowe and Catherine and like, you know what I mean? And we're like, you know, it totally. worked for, it worked for them. Maybe it'll work for me and their kids maybe the cutest kids around. Oh my God, I know, right? So like, why wouldn't I like sign me up for that? And, um, but it's funny because I really truly believe that going on The Bachelor was for my fertility um, because it's funny. So 
you know, everyone goes to the bachelor and then they all do like these Instagram ads and everyone's like, you know, swipe up. And so I reached out to our agent and I was like, Hey, what's this like modern fertility thing everyone's doing? I want, I want it on that. And he was like, Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it's only for people in significant relationships. And I was like, Ooh, feeling the singleness. Like wow, really- confirmation though, low key that maybe if you're in a bachelor relationship, you get better or different brand deals, which I feel like oh. people kind of knew, but that's interesting. Sucks. I just can't fake it. There was, it just, no, there's been nobody who's aligned for me yet, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's funny, but yeah. So I just was like, ouch, like rude. And then I think like a year or so later, I still like was seeing the modern fertility ads and things like that. And I don't know why I took it. Like, I don't, I still to this day, like it just was this weird, like gut thing that was like, Ooh, what's that? And truthfully, I probably was looking for bragging rights. Like I thought I was super fertile. Like I was like, <laughs> look at me with my, all my eggs. Like, and I really genuinely thought that that was going to be what happened because, you know, people love to be like, well, what were your symptoms? I was like, I didn't have any, I still get my period every single month. Like all of the things like are very, like nothing's out of whack for me, you know, that I, that I can tell, but on my labs beg to differ. Um, but so luckily, um, I had this little voice in my hand that was like, Hey, what's a modern fertility test? Just like, take it. And I did. And I used crystals code, a girl for my season. And I remember, cause like, I didn't get the free one and they didn't want to do an ad with me because I was single. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just buy it myself. then I guess, and I'm so glad that I did because I don't have a second to spare. Like I really, like, I think fertility health is something that we, I mean, we've all been told our whole lives, like, you know, like um, mean girls where he's like, you will get pregnant and you will die. And like, we're just like, you know, you think you look at a dick and you're going to get pregnant and it's just like that easy. And you, it's, right. it's not. And, um, but yeah, I think that that was kind of how we grew up and we're all like, Oh, birth control. Oh, plan B. Oh, condoms. Oh, you know what I mean? We all are like, all about preventing it, but we're also like, how do we prevent infertility? And it's been crazy to kind of open myself up to this world and talk to so many women about it because there is a serious infertility, infertility epidemic going on right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I found out that I did my modern fertility test and it came back that, you know, my AMH levels, um, were very low and my FSH was high, which is indicative of, um, diminished ovarian reserve. So I have, very limited eggs left. And I had just turned 29 and you're like, what? And you're like, no, <laughs> like, you're like, I'm like, you know, we all are sold this idea that we're, you know, you go have your career and you have your family and you have your cake and you eat it too. And we just assume that we just get to have all of these things and yeah. without even doing any due diligence. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that test because I would just be sitting here like, you know, Oh, don't look at it. You'll get pregnant. And now I'm like, it's, I wish it was that simple. (laughs) So what does the test entail for someone wanting to take it? Oh, it's so easy. So it's kind of like, um, you know, like Everly well, you know, you've seen, we've all seen these ads where like people Mm -hmm. like food sense or 23 and me, even, you know, we're probably a little more familiar with that. Um, but so instead of like spitting into the tube, like you do for 23 and me, you just prick your finger and, it honestly sounds way worse than it is. It gets over really quick and it's, it's worth the quick finger prick to, I, I hate it too. I hate it too. But so they send you a kid in the mail, you prick your finger, you bleed on this little um, like kind of index card thing. And then you just pop it back in the mail and it's literally that simple. Wow. Um, and so it's nice. Like you really have no excuse for not taking this test because 
it's, it's too easy and you don't have to leave your house. <laughs> so what, what do you remember about getting your results back and finding out that it wasn't what you thought? I remember I was in the star market parking lot to really put myself back in Boston. Uh, <laughs> like, so I was, you know, just going to go in the grocery store and like thought nothing of it. And I was like, Ooh, what's this say? And I think I just sat there for like an hour Googling, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it, it's a lot to wrap your head around and it's hard when you don't know anything. And like, now I'm a pro and it's so funny to like, be like, Oh, I, how much I've learned since then. And honestly, it's been pretty much two years, almost exactly since I found out. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just was sitting there Googling everything. And then they, they, you know, I, you talk to like a nurse and then the nurse kind of gives you points in the right direction a little bit, but even that was very confusing and it was, it's just, it's a lot, it's a whirlwind, but yeah. How quick is the turnaround from kind of wrapping your head around that and then maybe making schedules to get, to start freezing your eggs, to make appointments and things like that? Well, it's a little bit faster now, but I found out in February, 2020. And as we all know, March of 2020, the world caught on fire. Right. Um, And I actually got COVID. I was like one of the first people to have COVID. And so I remember the break reading that. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so annoying because like I my mom's like, don't tell anyone. No one's ever going to want to like work with us again or see us again. Cause it was like the black plague. And we were all like, mm. I literally, my mom, I was at my mom's house and she made me quarantine in her room. I was alone in my mom's bedroom. Cause she had like the bathroom attached. So I, she would basically slide a meal under my door oh. for four and a half weeks, four yeah. and a half weeks. Yeah. And so obviously we know that you don't have to do that anymore. And that's no. not finally I'm like, let me out of here. Wow. <laughs> like, long time. That is a long so time. Crazy. But then also sometimes I miss having that kind of alone time. <laughs> it's you so glamorize weird. it in your head. Like if after you're like, we're out of, I think I said something not that long ago. I was like, I don't miss quarantine. But like it wasn't that bad. A little bit <laughs> my, my roommate was like, you're out of your mind. You're just saying that because you like, you're glamorizing it in your head. Like it was horrible. And I was like, all right, you're right. I guess I can like I stay in and watch a movie or binge a show anyway, without technically being stuck there. <laughs> True, true. I yeah, I think it's better. We all kind of, I, I did love the excuse to be like, I can't do anything and I just need to just rest and chill and hang out. But I did feel kind of left out because everyone was doing like TikTok dances and like, you <laughs> know, died. they were like organizing their pantry and I was like stuck in a bedroom that wasn't even my bedroom. So I couldn't even like organize anything. So I just was like, this sucks. Yeah. But, and I think the hard, uh, the hard part with that also was as much as you know, we can glamorize it. I'm, I'm also just found out that I have something wrong with my fertility right. and I would like to be taking action and I'm locked in my room for four and a half weeks. But the second that I was cleared to go and that my fertility clinic was open again, that was the first place I went like, and I couldn't have like, everyone's like, Oh, what do you need to do when you like leave the house? I'm like, that's where I'm going. And yeah, um, yeah it's just, it's been crazy how it all worked out and, it's just been, there's been a lot of kind of figuring things out. And initially the first doctor that I went to wasn't very much help. And I think that that's been a huge thing that I've realized and that I've really tried to push women to do is to advocate for yourself because, so when I first found out and before the world turned upside down, I went to, um, you know, my gynecologist and I was like, Hey, like I got this modern fertility thing. And it says all these numbers here. What is, can you, what do I do? And she was like, that's just a stupid test from the internet. And I remember being like, and she was like, it's a consumer driven test. They just want you to buy their product. And I was like, 
well, I already bought their products. So I don't know why they would lie to me about my, my, my fertility health. That right. seems like a mean little game to play. <laughs> like it's a whole nother kind of scheme. Yeah. And so she denied me and denied me and denied me. And then I realized she wasn't listening to me at all. So I had to lie to her. And I was like, yeah, I haven't got my period. And, you know, we've been having unprotected sex for, you know, I, you know, whatever. And I just started like lying out my ass, like a, like just absolute pathological liar because I knew she wasn't listening. And then she's like, okay, fine. Like I'll run the test. I'm like, thank you. But like, I shouldn't have had to argue, but like, Mm -hmm. so that's frustrating. So anyone who's listening or watching or reading or whatever, please, please, please test your fertility health, fight back with your doctor. They will try and tell you you're fine. And then it was funny. So she ran the labs and a couple of days later, she called me back and she had this very, you could hear it. And I watch enough Grey's Anatomy to know, you know, I'm like, you have the tone in your voice. You yes. have that. And so, yeah, she just, she delivered, she was like, yes. So, um, it, your results came back even lower. And I was like, oh, remember when you told me I was fine? <laughs> right. Damn. And so that's, that's the part that's really frustrating is she argued with me and promised me like I was fine. She's like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Like you're, you're, you just turned 29 and I wasn't fine. And so it's, it's kind of really upsetting. And and now that I've become such an advocate for this, I've spoken with so many women who have had weird feelings and just have asked to be tested by their doctors and they don't. A couple of years later, they find out they're too late. And it's like, you had found out, you know, when you had asked, you could have had time to do something. And it's just, it's a bummer the way no one's literally listening. Yeah. And so obviously one big takeaway then would be to advocate for yourself and, you know, not let the doctor gaslight you, um, to use a trendy word, but then with as far as like the actual freezing of egg process, what would you want people to know about how that works or from your experience, um, with doing that? If I could go back in time, I would freeze my eggs when I was 20 years old. Wow. And you just, cause then that's when I, you know, your, your egg quality goes down every day. Your egg quantity goes down every month. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's time is not on our side. If I could go back in time, I would, I would freeze my eggs immediately because I've had eight surgeries in the last two years, or actually it's like a year and a half, but yeah, it's, it's a lot on your body to do it that many times do it immediately. If you're reading this and you have the money to do this, do it now. Like just do it immediately. Find a way, like, you know what I mean? It's so worth it because I've had to hit pause on my life for two years because this has needed my undivided attention. And it would be nice to be able to put my energy and efforts into literally anything else, but I want to be a mom one day. So this is what I have to do. So if you're, if my best advice is just freeze your eggs as immediately, if you can just do it. And then if you don't need them, you can donate them to somebody else who needs them and they'll pay you to do that. You can literally donate your eggs and get paid a lot of money to do that. So, wow. And you're, you're helping somebody else who maybe is like me who needs an egg donor. So hopefully I don't need an egg donor, but if I do need one, I would, I'll be using my sister's eggs. Oh, that's nice. You guys, so like, is that like a conversation you is, I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but like, is it genetic thing? Like, would your sister have had to get tested and stuff too? Um, I don't really know. So I think mine has, I'm sure genetics play into it a little bit, but mine has to do with, um, I have a hypothyroid problem that I didn't know about. 
Um, and again, I saw like five specialists before I'm seeing the doctor I have now I'm obsessed with Dr. Amy. Um, she's like the love of my life. She's like, she goes by the egg whisperer and it's so true because she's so phenomenal at what she does. But I had all these other doctors that I had, you know, was trying to work with before I found her and nobody caught on that. I had a, um, a thyroid problem and that's, you know, hugely affects your hormones and your fertility health and whatnot. And so thank God for her because she was like, oh yeah, your thyroid problem. And I was like, she's like your autoimmune problem. And I was like, no, 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 that's not me. That's like my aunt. I thought she was like reading like my genetic because you have to like fill out things about your family. And I was like, no, 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 that's my aunt. And she was like, has nobody talked to you about this yet? And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) And it's just crazy because we just think doctors know everything. And I saw so many amazing specialists back in, you know, Boston who were phenomenal and then when I went out to California, she just saved my life and just changed the game of what I, all the things I had been going through. Yeah. That, it's hard. Cause I feel like you it's and things that are like invisible, technically like that take a while to come to light. If you're not getting these tests or being proactive, you'll never know. And then you are losing time, like you said, and you do just trust doctors, but if you don't advocate for yourself, it's, it, it's so true. It's easier said than done, but it is so true. Right. And so I also know that like, we are this like WebMD, like obsessed, um, you know, culture where we're like, oh my God, I'm dying. And you're like, oh my God, I have cancer and I'm dying. And you're like, probably not. But I I feel like if you don't have any like concrete tests to like, be like, oh, hey, like, look at this. Like, cause like my AMH, so a low AMH level, just to put things into context is 1.0. Like a healthy woman is around somewhere around like two, 2.5 and upwards. When I found out I was 0.3. And then when I tested back in July, I was 0.04. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty low. And it's like, these doctors had no business telling me I was fine. When I, like, I'm like, okay, like what proof do you have that I'm fine? Yeah. So thank God modern, I had modern fertility because it gave me some ground to stand on to advocate for myself because I wasn't sitting there arguing with my doctor to test me. I was like, yo, I already tested myself. Now you need to do something about it. And so it's just nice. Gives the power back to the patient. Yeah. hundred percent. Where are you at now with um, the process of the steps you needed to take and what are your next steps or hopes for you know, what, what you would want to do next with this, both personally and in like a professional sense, since it's clearly so important to you. Um, so we're actually making a documentary, which is really cool. Um, and I'm really excited about it. We're working with a woman named May Yam and she's uh, a really awesome filmmaker. And so she's kind of documenting this whole journey and experience. And so hopefully we can just get something out there that helps be another resource for women just to kind of one, make people feel a little bit less alone because it's very isolating this whole thing because it's a very taboo topic. Mm. And I wish more people were talking about it because everyone thinks they're fine because nobody's talking about it and everyone's suffering silently. So you don't know how many of your friends actually are going through this. And so everyone just is like, Oh, like that's not a big deal. I don't have to worry about it. And you're like, if you only knew how common it was, you would, you would check but there's this weird stigma around fertility and around miscarriage and things like that. Like how many people say like, Oh, wait till the second trimester to like share your pregnancy. Because if you have a miscarriage, like, you know, you don't want anybody to know. It's like, why don't we want people to know? Like if your dog died, you would go into your office and you'd be like, 
sorry, my dog died. I'm having a hard day. And people would be like nice to you, or maybe they'd buy you a coffee or just be like, do less today. Like, you know what I mean? Like give people a little bit of grace over like their pets. Why are we asking women and kind of shaming them into this whole thing and asking them to suffer silently over their child? That, that just seems so morbid to me. And we're like, if you want to talk about it, talk about it. And if you don't, I get it. Like if you want your privacy, sure. But for me, I just feel like talking helps, I don't know, relieve some of the pain. So, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, so I was saying that um, people aren't talking about it. And then I totally, I'm so, so ADD. I totally forgot. I had a second point. There was totally a point to it. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> well, do you work on the documentary? And then I was just like, what's next for you personally with, with your steps or where you're at now? Um, yeah. So we're making the documentary and then, um, yeah, right now I'm just, I'm freezing my eggs. I'm just going balls to the wall with that, or I guess ovaries to the wall with that, and, <laughs> um, to make a dorky fertility pun. Um, yeah, I just, it's, I don't have any time to waste. So, um, it's just kind of been doing that as every month that I can, but it's also hard because, I've had cysts on my ovaries, which mess with my estrogen and makes my estrogen go through the roof. And then that kind of messes with things. And, um, I've gone to New York and I've been doing, um, the PRP treatments for my ovaries. Have you heard of the vampire facial? Yes, I have. I think I saw it on the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's Kim, Kim made it famous. And, but so now they're doing vampire facials for your ovaries. So, which is kind of cool. They're taking, they take the PRP, the platelet rich plasma from your blood and they inject it into your ovaries to hopefully help stimulate them and make them work a little harder because mine are a little bit lazy. (laughs) What about with like social media? I'm sure, especially when you're on a show like the bachelor, you're following it. It's interesting. I'm sure you have gained a following and then now it maybe shifts towards something like this, but when you're one, either like scrolling through and, you know, you are seeing people announcing babies and stuff like that, or making Instagrams for their kid. And it's like a lot of positive stuff. Like you said, one, how do you handle that as like, you know, wanting to be happy for people, but then it's like social media can only show the highlights. And also do you get, you know, comments from women kind of reaching out to you about stuff like this as your, as your following shifted towards that, if that makes sense. It's, it's definitely shifted a little bit, but I also like my numbers haven't like gone up drastically. Like I've been pretty, I feel like I've been at the number I've been at, like the follower account, like for a while I've been, I've kind of plateaued almost. (laughs) So I might be losing some and gaining some or whatever, but um, it's crazy. Just, I feel like there are so many women that are going through this and just like the followers I already had. And they're like, Hey, I found you for the bachelor, but like, you're saying all this stuff about fertility. And I, you know, relate to that so much. And this is what I've been going through. And so, um, it, it's been great that I've, I'm so grateful to have this platform to be able to reach women and to talk about it because it's helped a lot of women feel less alone, but more than anything, it's helped me feel less alone. And I'm, it's kind of given a a purpose to my pain because this is, it was sad when I first found out, like I I've always wanted to be a mom. Like, it's just always something I've wanted to do. Like I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to do everything, but like, there's no world where I ever considered that I wouldn't have children. Like, and so it was really, really devastating to find this out. And like the way that I felt like, I, I don't want any woman to feel like that. And like, I'm so grateful that I'm, have a doctor who's so wonderful and creative and that I can actually get eggs when I, cause I didn't think that that was going to be possible for me. Cause I had like literally five specialists tell me I would never have my own biological child and we'd never get any eggs. And that's another thing with other fertility clinics that, um, 
a lot of them go by their success rates and they're really driven by like the data and like they need to be successful because it makes them look better as a clinic. Mm. And I love my doctor. Cause she's like, I don't give a shit. We're going for it. We're doing it. Like we don't have like, cause a lot of people have to like report the numbers and things like that. And it's a numbers game. And yeah, so that's hard, but it's, it's been nice to have, you know, this crew of women that I can, you know, be there for. And like, I can kind of go through it with because it, it sucks to do. And it's nice to have somebody to talk about it with. Yeah, that is that it's always like the positive sides of social that you, I feel like sometimes we forget about, but it's nice to hear. Um, but then what advice would you give, or do you give yourself on a day that you feel like the whole internet, the whole page is just all positive stuff. And you're like, I I'm happy for these people and their families, but it, it doesn't ever feel triggering or like, how do you wrap your head around kind of coping? With really like what's more triggering is negativity. Mm-hmm. So there was a girl who I was following who um, was doing fertility stuff and she was so negative about it. And like, it, it, that was what upset me more. And I think also because her numbers were better than mine and she was having more success than even I'm having. And she was being like, and I was like, no, get out of here with your bad energy. I was like, I'm not letting that rub off on me because positivity and I just being, yeah, positivity is like really all I have right now. You know what I mean? And having hope and faith that all of this is going to work out. And so it truthfully, it's more triggering for me when people are just really negative. I, I don't mind seeing people get pregnant. I don't that I'm not one of those people who, and I know that that's not the case for everybody. Yeah but I'm a huge believer in like the law of attraction and manifesting and things. And I'm like, if I'm going to sit here and be jealous over somebody else, I was like, that's doesn't, that's not how it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. Exactly. And so for me, it's like, I celebrate that for everybody. And it's like, Hey, like, I want that for you because I want that for me. And so it's like, that's something to celebrate. And I know how it's not easy to get there. Even if it was easy for some people, um, I, I, it's just such a, an awesome gift and a blessing that it's there. So it's like, I, I celebrate all of that because one day it'll be my turn. Yeah, for sure. No, that's definitely the positive way to look at it. It's just easier to remind yourself on some day. You got to remind yourself that one, you know what I mean? And honestly, when negativity comes up, like I block it. Like, I just like, if people have something to say and they're like, there was somebody who got under my skin the other day. (laughs) I literally posted the dumbest fucking meme about, um, it was just like, Hey, like believe in yourself. And if like, if you don't like your life, like, you know, be bold and do something about it. And I was like, Hey, like if you hate your job, quit it. If you like, you know, don't like the, if you're not happy in your relationship, dump him. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And somebody was like, your privilege is showing. And I was like, what? And they were like, you could just like quit your job and like have no, I was like, I didn't say don't have another job lined up. Right. (laughs) Make it, just make it be proactive in your life. Not just like quit and lay on the beach. (laughs) No, That's not what I'm saying. And so obviously, you know, it's the internet. So people come out and they go. And so then I was like, I was like, Hey, like, I'm so sorry that like someone made you believe that you can't have it all. Like, like, you know, you can or whatever. I don't know. And she was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll just like, well, my kids won't have anything to eat. She was like, you would understand if you were a mother, but you probably will never be. And I just was like, Oh my God. And I, so I cried. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're a human, but what the heck that person's got some, some issues to work through for themselves. Damn. Sure, and, all, and at the end of the day, it comes down to is like, they're unhappy with their life and they're, you know, sad, but like, imagine saying to a fertility patient, you know, and you're like, and the thing that's wild is this, this woman has been following me for a while. And clearly I struck a nerve and hit, you know, you know, trigger is truth. 
And so clearly I struck a nerve for her that made her lash out at me like that and saying like, Hey, you deserve to like have a job that you love and feed your children. Right. And then she, you know, hit my trigger as truth. And she came for my fertility things. And I was just like, what? <laughs> wow. Oh, well, damn. I wanted to transition into little bachelor stuff. Um, sure, which, you know, what a, what a, tra- what a transition from trolls and haters into the bachelor. Cause they kind of go, honestly, they, they go both, go, they go with both. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so first, like, what is your relationship like with the franchise now? Do you still watch the show? Were you a fan pre-show? Are you now a fan? Oh, with it. So I was like, kind of a fan a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very awkward with it because I didn't go very far and I feel like I have this, like insecurity with it. And it's funny because I literally, so I went to Pebble beach, um, with my friend the other day, her uh, fiance was playing in the tournament. She said, come, we'll go. What'll well, be fun. We'll like have a life for a second. I haven't had a life in so long. I was like, I'll be here. I booked my flight. I was like, here we go. And it was funny. So we were pulling into the driveway and smallest world ever. I'm we're pulling the driveway. And I go, Oh my God, that's Ben Higgins. <laughs> And so I'm like, Ben Higgins. And I get to the end of the driveway. And cause I didn't see everybody. Cause it was, you know, we just drove by quick and it was Ben. It was, um, Wells, uh, Dean, Kaylin, And then, oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. And then, but so there was the producer for, um, the iHeartRadio podcast for everybody. And so she was, and I've met her before cause I've done Ben and Ashley's podcast in the past, but it's so funny. Cause I'm so awkward and I'm so like, and I'm like, oh my God, what they, maybe they don't like, even though I've met them before. Right. I'm like, hey, it's me, Caroline. I'm like, I don't, you might not know. Really season. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't there very long. And I like totally do this thing. And I'm like, why do you do this? But it's just me being insecure. And then I don't know what it is about Dean. He scares me. <laughs> and like, I always just feel like he's like too cool for me. And I'm always like so insecure around him. And like, I think because... So he's really good friends with Alex Bordikov, who I like had a little bachelor in paradise, Australia fling with. Okay. And they were like buddies. And I just felt like, and like, Alex was always wonderful to me. There was never anything wrong with that. It just, there's something about Dean that always just made me feel like, I don't know, like so nervous and uncool. I don't know what it was. Like (laughs) he's got a very like nonchalant energy. Um, yeah, about him naturally awkward yeah. and nervous. And so like, I literally got to the end of the driveway and I saw it was everybody. And I was just like, uh, Hey everyone. <laughs> er, er, er. And I just was so awkward. And I was like, wow, I hate myself. <laughs> <for this." laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I don't really do a lot with the bachelor franchise just because, and I need to get over this, because, but it's definitely this weird little thing in my head that I have, where I just think that I'm I'm like, oh, I sh- I have no business being here. I wasn't in like the top four. Right. And it doesn't matter that I did three TV shows. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not worthy to be, you know what I mean? I just feel like a loser for some reason. And I oh, that's so God. dumb that I feel that way because it's so stupid. But um, but yeah, so that's that. <laughs> do you like watching it still or do you not go down I that road? I only watch it. I, I have no really desire to watch it. Um but my brother's girlfriend loves it. And so she, she runs the remote in our house when it's bachelor night. And so like, obviously, you know, if she's watching it, then I'll watch it and whatever. And so, um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I have a bunch of friends from the franchise, but I like the way our friendship works where it's just like a real life friendship kind of, <laughs> do you right. know what I mean? I've yeah. Been with them. And that feels kind of like empowering. <laughs> like, You've never been to stagecoach and taken group, no, group no, pictures. I, I feel like I would probably like that though. I feel like it would be fun, but 
I don't know. I'm also awkward. So that's so that's funny. As we saw when I got to paradise, because like when I walked into paradise, that's a perfect explanation of like how I get socially awkward and just so uncomfortable. And it's funny because I also have like can totally work a crowd and be like so chill and great and whatever. But then also sometimes I'm like, meh, meh. <laughs> but yeah, when I walked into paradise, I just was like, uh, I already talked to you. Okay. And I just, I, it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> um, well, take me back to Ari's season for a minute. Just what a wild one. You were obviously, and as far as I know, still very close friends with Becca. Yep. And when all of that was playing out, what do you remember about finding out about what was going to go down after filming and then real time and then it airing? And were you surprised? Were you like, I know you guys were like obviously upset for her. Like, what do you remember about that time? I, the one thing you, everyone should know about me is that I like, I'm like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Everything. I just kind of like roll off. If it's like someone attacks me, I'm like, "Mm, whatever. If you come for my people, I will be so petty. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, it was funny. So I was in LA with one of my friends and, she was like, how's Becca doing? And I was like, she's great. Like she's doing something. She's like, oh, she, she's doing good. And I was like, what's with this tone? Why are you like mm, the little sad? Like, mm. and I was like, what is this? What is where are you, what is the subtext here? Right. It was like, well, because her, um, her guy is like with that other girl. And I was like, nope, wait, what? And so I texted Becca and I was like, Hey, like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? And I was like, and she was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like whatever. And I was like, well, oh, like, was everything good with you and Ari? And she's like, calls me. She's like, what's up? And I was like, what? I was like, oh, I don't know. I like heard something, but like, it's probably nothing like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon grapevine. Like, I don't know what I heard. Never mind. <laughs> and so he had been running his mouth to basically everyone who would listen, so much so that my pageant friend is the one that told me that Ari was leaving Becca for Lauren. And but he, he hadn't, hadn't done it yet? Hadn't told Becca yet. Oh my God. Like when I did the women tell all, I was like, I have something to say. And I was like, I know what you did. And it sound, it was all very dramatic because the producers told me exactly what to say and not like they fed it to me because I wanted to light him on fire. I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but also like, we didn't want me to like say the wrong thing because you, you have to like kind of tease it properly. And it's like a non-disclosure thing. So I had a very, like, this is what you're going to say. And that's that. And I was like, okay, I'm happy to say this, but I also got the flu in the middle of the women tell all it was a thousand times worse than COVID ever was. And I was so sick. And I remember watching, like, I have a line to deliver. And I just remember just being like, are we done yet? Can I go home? Like, and it was like eight hours and it's the worst thing when you're not at your own house, when you're sick, but also on television, (laughs) like, yeah, sucks a lot. But so, yeah. So I found out through my friend and I was obviously upset and you're like, and I'm, I'm happy for them now. Obviously like they're happily married with three kids. Like it all worked out and he had to do what was right in his heart. And I, and I'm the biggest supporter of following your heart, but there's a right way to do it. And that was not it. (laughs) So did you tell, were you the one to tell Becca? I just kind of like shut up about it because I was like, Oh, like, what do I know? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, just because I had heard it through the grapevine, like it might not be true. So I just was like, never mind. And then literally that weekend is the weekend that he broke up with her on camera. And then, and then, so then she came to my house after I saw, so me, her and Tia are really close. And then, so they all came to my house in Fort Lauderdale and we just had like a 
basically a fuck Ari fest and we <laughs> drank and we just had a good time. And then, so we literally left there. I literally left Becca at my house because her, she flew out after me and Tia because Tia and I had to do the, the tell all. And so she like stayed at my house and Tia and I went and, you know, did the whole thing. And we were like, let's go. <laughs> and it's funny, actually, I remember on that flight, Tia was FaceTiming with this guy named Colton. Oh, and- <laughs> It's just so, so funny the way it all works out. <laughs> wow. The, like that is such a specific time in Bachelor Nation. How much has changed in all of every person you just names lives so much. naturally, but yeah, except mine, I'm pretty much the same place. <laughs> when I know you mentioned, you know, you felt like you were not even on the show that long, but when you were filming it, I love to ask people if they okay. knew what was going to like, how it was going to end. Cause sometimes you'll hear people being like, oh, I knew, you know, Ben was going to pick Lauren or whatever, when you were on the show, did you think Ari was either going to pick Becca Becca. or Lauren? You thought it was Becca? Becca. And I remember, um, so I had, I got sent home in Tahoe and then they went to Fort Lauderdale. It was the next place they flew to when I was living there. And so, and it's so funny the way that it all works out and the producers get in the car and they're like, Lenny, what happened? Like you were supposed to be like, we like saw you going all the way. Like you were supposed to be like the next bachelorette. Like they say all these things to you and you're like, well, I went home now. So <laughs> he yeah. didn't pick me. And I think you guys knew what he was going to do. I'm but like, okay. I feel like you probably knew that, but okay. <laughs> and so then it's funny. I get to Fort Lauderdale and they're like, Lenny, like come have dinner with us. And I'm like, sure. Like, all right, miss you guys already. Let's do it. And so I get to dinner and they're like, we need you to go back in. And they're like, go in and like, come you're not supposed to be gone yet you have to come back and I was like no <laughs> like I was like at the end of the day I didn't I didn't really like him that much whatever and like I, I knew it wasn't there and I was like I knew it was I knew it was Becca and like I was like I'll go and talk to him and be like hey like Becca's your like the real deal like whatever and but then because they wanted me to like have something with Chris there was something that Crystal said and I was supposed to like kind of warn him about that. And I was like, I guess like, but I'm not coming like back. Like that's not a thing that I'm have any right. desire to do, but it's just funny the way that they manipulate it. And you're like, Oh, I see you. I see what you're doing. And you want me to come back in and then they'll all be this crazy girl. Who's like, no, I'm never leaving. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like it's not going to be me. Good for you though, for having the foresight though, because I know that I'm always fascinated with the producer contestant relationship. Cause you guys become like friends with them, oh, but yeah. then you have to know they're one step ahead and you know, whatever, but well, it's, it's also hard to miss up an opportunity. Maybe to, you might get addicted a little bit to like the camera time and missing the girl and like the environment. Cause it was your life. I don't know if it had like, but the thing was, is I was there for, you know, the guy and it was, that was wasn't my guy. And I, and I knew that. And, but, you know, you go into it and you're like, well, maybe, you know, God is telling me that, you know, to try something new and this, and then I get there and like, that's not what God's telling me. This is not my person and that's okay. And, but so it was just funny because we, I, I knew it was Becca the whole time, like the way that their date went and the way that she lit up when she talked about him. And, you know, it just seemed like, and also like I, we were very close. So I'm just hearing her perspective more than I'm hearing anybody else's. And we had a group chat at the end of it. And we were like, oh my God, like it's the final two. And we were saying, and it was like all of the girls from our season. And I remember being like, oh my God, I can't believe like Becca's going to get engaged today. And everyone was like, I know, I can't believe Becca's getting engaged today. And then Mikel comes in and she's like, what makes you think it wouldn't be Lauren? And then we were, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess, I don't know. Uh, and it was just funny because obviously it ended up being Lauren anyway. Right. But, uh, it's just fun. It was just funny the way it all worked out. And, you know, we're all kind of, 
not like playing sides, but you know, we only have like one person's perspective and you're like, yeah. 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 Have you met, have you met Thomas? I haven't met Thomas yet, but he's really sweet. So when I had an, I had an egg retrieval surgery in July and Becca was so cute. Like I thought she had something to do up here and she's so sweet. She just came up to be with me because she knew I was alone. And I was like, wow, I had made some reel about how it's hard to do like fertility things alone. And she like hopped on the next flight and was here. And I was like, wow, you're you're a bad bitch. I love you. (laughs) Um, but so she had just started dating Thomas. She's telling me all about him. They're FaceTiming or whatever. And I had just closed a deal at work and he like sent us a bottle of champagne at the restaurant we were at to like, Thomas, nicely done, sir. Thank you. And it's funny. He messaged me the other day and like, so modern fertility, like, um, is doing an ad with my face basically, you know, like white listing. And so they run an ad and I didn't even know there was an ad running with this specific video. And Thomas is like, I watched the whole thing to the end. I don't really know how white listing works, but I hope that it helped you. I watched it. And, he sent me a screen, and I was like, I see you being supportive. Like that's Damn. so nice. So he's, he, I haven't met him yet, but I really, um, I think he's very kind and he's seen, they seem both very dorky and adorable in their own way. And I'm, I'm here for that. And she seems happy. And so that's all that really matters. And, you know, and it's hard. Cause like, I did love Garrett. There were things that I loved about Garrett because he was fun and we all had a blast together and, you know, we all went on like vacation together and stuff too. And so I like literally like loved his friends, like, and obviously you know, at the end of the day, there are some things that just, you can love somebody all you want, but there's certain elements that are bigger than us. And that kind of contribute to like what we're looking for in a life partner. And I totally see why that didn't work out. And I'm happy that it didn't because she just seems a lot happier now and things just seem like they're in the right place. So it's good. Yeah. She's had quite the journey in a good (laughs) bachelor and in public and stuff, but she's always handled it in the high road way. I think it's pretty clear to say in in an opportunity where she could be so shady and give us all the clicks and all the tea, but she really seems to take the high road all the time. (laughs) She is exactly who she was when I met her. And I can't say the same thing for everybody who I met on night one. And, um, she's just through and through like the same Midwestern girl. And like, you can see her mom, her mom, Jill's kind of, you know, things coming through with her. Like she just did a good job raising her. And you can like, it's funny to hear stories about like her mom and just the way her mom's like so humble with all of the, I mean, Becca's done some crazy shit, you know, (laughs) it's cool that, you know, everything's just very grounded over there in their family. And it makes sense why she is the way that she is. Yeah, for sure. This is a quick game called bachelor regrets. That's going to actually touch on maybe some of the stuff we already said. Um, but the first one is, do you have any packing and or fashion regrets from any of your bachelor appearances? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so I had to evacuate for the hurricane. There was a hurricane coming to Fort Lauderdale and it was supposed to be a big one. And I am, had never lived in Florida for a hurricane before. So it's kind of like, they always make fun like locals make fun of people like me who are like pack everything and go. <laughs> and so I overpacked like crazy. Cause I just didn't have time to plan. I just said, okay, everything in, I had so many suitcases. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, there was like, you were supposed to have two. And I did, I had a lot more than did that. They let you take them. That's good. Yeah. That was nice of them. Message and they were to like, anyone they'll, they'll let you take it. Maybe if you just push the system and bring what you want. I mean, maybe it has to do with the fact that they thought I was going to go further, but I was like, <laughs> and then it sucks. Then I went home immediately and I'm like, okay, or did you send me home because you didn't want to schlep my bags around? 
Hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I had so much stuff. Um, and, but it was fun because I got to share with the girls. And I think that that makes such a difference with, because it can be such a catty environment. You know what I mean? You go in to technically a competition and luckily I had gone to Miss USA and Miss Teen USA. So like I wasn't new to competing with women and I know the best way to like compete with women is just to like not compete and just be like, Hey, we're going to be friends. And like, yeah. because then I have fun and then I'm in my element. And so we were sharing dresses and I had um, reached out to a, a boutique, a pageant boutique back in Massachusetts. And they lent me probably 20 gowns tomorrow. Wow. And like, it's funny, like, I would share them with the girls and we would just, you'd see all of our clothes being swapped in and out. And it was just, it was fun. It's like kind of a, a, like a big sorority slumber party, but yeah, I regret packing so much, but you know, it was fun. Does it surprise you? I forgot that you had a history in pageants. And now I feel like that's so common with bachelor contestants. There's always like five pageant Queens a year. Does it surprise you that the pageant world you there, you guys are drawn to being on the show. I guess you're used to maybe. I think, I don't think anyone had done the pageant before. I think I was one of the first people who had done the pageant. Right. Like I, there wasn't anyone who that I recall from before me was on, they tried to like get me to come out of the limo and do the pageant thing. And I was like, no, it's a no, I'm not going to do that. It's a no. I was like, I was like, listen, if I can't dazzle him by myself, like, I just want to like, I don't want any gimmicks. Like it is what it is. And it's funny that they actually edited it. Um, I was not the first person out of the limo. However, they made it look like that when I don't, and I'm like, why did I, I was flattered, but I didn't know why that they would do that. But do you remember who was just out of curiosity? No, because I was not the first one out. So I don't right. know. Who, I was like the second limo, maybe even because there was like oh. a good amount of girls in the house when I got in there. But I was like, sorry to disappoint. I have to, do you guys want me to do better in paradise? Cause that didn't happen. <laughs> didn't do it. Um, I think I remember reading you, you saying that you thought maybe Peter from Rachel's season was going to be the bachelor, not necessarily Ari. Um, yeah. That, Cause that was like the, the word on the streets. Yeah. 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 And everyone loved him. Do you yeah. have any regrets for Ari being your bachelor? Not that it was in your control. Do you wish maybe you were on a different season of the show? I mean, obviously because it didn't work out with me and him, like I would have loved to have had somebody where I did have a connection, but at the end of the day, like it was supposed to be Lauren and Ari and like those children were supposed to be born. You know what I mean? And you think about it like that, we're like, we're just pawns in their love story. And And, like, sure. Like would I have loved to have had my happy ending there? Absolutely. But I I mean, it, it wasn't my love story to have, so that's okay. You know? Yeah. Do you have any group date regrets, either being too aggressive or not aggressive time with Ari or any in the competitions you had to participate in any group date regrets? I, I wish I did my hair more. Like, I think I just like thought my hair looked better than it did. Also, they made us that dog date. We had a dog date. It's like a, like the best in show date. And like, it was, they put us in this, like I was in a circus outfit. Okay. And like, kind of wasn't like, it was like a, a, a chintzy costume. And I was like, this isn't cute. <laughs> like, and it was a really ugly look. And I, I regret that. And like, my hair wasn't done. And we had been like out on a date all day. And I just didn't have like proper time. You think you have all this time to get ready. And it's very like, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're like, but I have so much hair. <laughs> I need to do it. And it, yeah, that was just, there was a few times where I was like, I wish I had gotten ready more. And I think, honestly, proud of myself for having that kind of confidence and thinking that I look solid as is, but yeah, no, I, I could have polished up a little bit more for some things, but that's funny. Um, we mentioned this, I know what you did 
LC kind of um, kind of women tell all moment. Do you have any regrets about that cryptic women tell all moment with Ari and how that all went down? No, <laughs> good. <laughs> the only thing was is, is so people are like, and I love, and when people come for me, they're like, she's so dramatic, and I'm like yeah I am like I'm like it's just one it's who I am like I'm a dramatic person and like I'm a very emotional person um but it looked so much worse because I had the flu and it looks like I'm like crying and like upset and I'm just trying to get the words out because I know that like once this is over I get to go home (laughs) yeah and but yeah like I mean they I I don't regret it like it is what it is like you did my friend dirty (laughs) yeah Totally. I'll I'll be the first one to say, like, I have, I sent Lauren a thing and it was uh, like months later. And I just was like, Hey, so I just want you to know, I'm sorry for, you know, I, I, cause you know, you don't think about the perspective of like, Hey, like that must suck for them. Right. But like for for my friend's standpoint, like I'm going to have your back and like, whatever. And also like, I think it was like a, from a production standpoint, it was probably a good like teaser for the show and like it got people to tune in. So yeah, whatever. I know like you gotta have a, if you're going to have an iconic moment, it's gotta be a good one like that. I loved it. But also it's like, like it's a reality show. Like you and people, I love when people come, you're like, Oh, you're so dramatic. I'm like, would you just want to watch me sitting here? Like doing nothing, like, and make doing a puzzle. Like I normally do. Like, what do you like? It's a show and you're tuning into it for that. Absolutely. I love when people come for me. I'm like, all right, then go watch something else. (laughs) What do you want? Exactly. Um, paradise. Do you regret not pursuing anyone either in the way you kind of went about paradise or anyone specific that you almost wish you had a chance to get to know or anything about the the American paradise stint? It was, you know, it was a little brief, but you were there. Very brief. (laughs) Truthfully, honestly, I couldn't have standed a second longer. Really? Uh, It's so hot there and there's no AC Yeah, and there's no windows. And so there's bugs everywhere. Like, I just would sit in the cold shower and just be like, this is my, I'm finally comfortable. (laughs) I I can't find love here, but I'm staying in this shower. (laughs) My God, Like, and it was funny because it's like too funny. Like you must've known, like, so there was a girl who came in who I knew hooked up with my ex, like my real life ex-boyfriend. And she was my top bunk. Like, and I just, I wasn't going to make that be like a storyline or anything. Did that ever come up? No, because I like I respected my ex too much. Like he's not a part of Bachelor World and he is in the public eye. So it's not something I wanted to have put out there for him, Um, even though um, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's so the guys there, I didn't really click with anybody. And I it was funny. the, The only person who I was like, oh, you're like, hey, was probably Kevin. And then, but he was already booed up with Astrid and I could feel their thing. And I'm a huge person of like, I'm not going to step on somebody else's toes till I get ahead. So I was like, they got a thing going. I'm going to let that go. Good instinct uh, on that one. They just had a kid. They're still together. I literally was like, good job, Cal. Like, You're you welcome. And then to interfere. And I'm, and I'm happy that I didn't because it would have just made it awkward for me. And like, I probably would have been rejected because clearly they're soulmates. And so, you know, <laughs> Um, but it's funny. So then, uh, you know, John was really sweet and he, you know, I had a date card and he, and he just was the only, I was very nervous. If you had watched me going to paradise, it was, um, it was uncomfy. They had me go in in the middle of the night and like, I didn't know what I was like going to be expecting. And like, they were like, yeah, you can like talk to Tia when you get in just cause like, I've actually never watched paradise. 
like I've seen the bachelor. So I, had, I probably should have watched it. And, but I think like, I've only seen like an episode here or there. So I didn't really know what to like expect. And I wish I had done a little bit of homework because I would have kind of had my bearings a little bit, but I walked in and I was so uncomfy and I was like, and everybody already like knew each other. And I'm just like, hi, it's me. Okay. <laughs> Who wants to go on a date? And then, but so John was sweet and he made me feel very comfortable. And I was like, okay, we'll go on a date. Oh my God, Joe, I was talking to Joe. And I remember just, it was just so, I hated it. Like, you start, Joe? Yeah. And he's great, but he just wasn't great for me. And I just yeah. remember like, I don't want to get out of this. And then I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I thought that that was like my, like my thing to like get out of there. And then when I came back, he was still waiting there. And I was like, Oh, it was awkward. And it was very, very, very socially awkward. So then but, tell me, tell me about the decision to go on bachelor in paradise, Australia. And then the difference between those that was after and day. Really? Oh my God. I would go to back to bachelor in paradise, Australia all day long. It's so much fun to go there. The people are so like wild and so fun. And so I had actually matched with this guy on a dating app and he's like an Australian TV personality. And he was supposed to go on bachelor in paradise. And he had said to me that he was like, Hey, like I, and I, I literally barely even talked to this guy, but he was like, Australians so like that's hot and like just everything they say just sounds hotter mm-hmm. and but so he, like he was just really sweet and then so he had said that they he was supposed to go on the show but he said that he wouldn't go unless I was there and Ooh. so I was like okay and so then they called and I was like yeah I'll go and then he had something else like a, that was conflicting so he ended up not going which was kind of a bummer and then Alex Bordakov was kind of there and you know that was just little fun in the sun. <laughs> but would you say just like the production overall was kind of like happier vibes? Is that what it's, you mean by that? Or like the no people? Chill. There's okay. like no, like you almost like don't talk to the producers there. Whereas here you're very friendly with the producers and it's, and I wonder how much of that is like manipulation and whatever. And, but in, in Australia, they're just like, I, I remember one day being like, so like, what are we doing today? Like, do we have any like direction or like what's going on? And they're like, no, you're just like hanging out. And I was like, okay. (laughs) It was almost like so chill. You didn't know what to do. And then also like, they don't like, you don't have to like get married or like engaged or whatever at the end. And I think like the mentality of, especially doing two of the, just the the shows in general, like mess with like the way in which you go about dating. And it's funny because (laughs) Like I tried to date in the real world afterwards and I just was like a stage five clinger. <laughs> oh, wait, Tyler Cameron just told me that too. He was like, if anything I've learned in the last couple of years, like I need to slow down. I don't know if it was the bachelorette or what, but like, I, I, I don't know how to date. Yeah. It, thousand is. it like, I remember just being like, like full steam ahead. And then like, it's like, there was this one guy I was really, really into. And I took, like, I'll be the first one to admit, I blew that because I just was, in bachelor headspace and you're like oh hey no one thinks like that like pump the brakes girl (laughs) that is funny would potentially go back to bachelor in paradise australia potentially and i i would do paradise us if there was somebody that i knew that i was interested in there's one person in the bachelor franchise that i talked to that i'm interested in and we just haven't made it a point to like connect i needed a minute and he was really good and respectful with that because i was just like i need a sec but 
Do you want to tell uh, me who it is? <laughs> I assume you don't. Not. I'm definitely not going to tell you. <laughs> totally fair. Had to ask though. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there's going to be anything there with between me and that guy, but um, he is a sweetheart and I really enjoy talking to him sometimes. Oh, I hope that it works out. And then when you guys eventually are going public, I can roll back the tapes and be like, <laughs> I heard about it before it was even a thing. Um, well, thank you so much. This was so fun. I, it was so easy to talk to you. I kept you for an hour. Um, where can everybody find the information that they need to know for modern fertility and anything else you wanted to, to say about that? Um, yeah. I mean, so if you follow me, the link permanently lives in my bio. I just, I keep it there. It's rent-free all day long. So that way it's there if you need it. Um, but modernfertility.com there's, but if you go to the link in my bio, it will save you $20. I do get a small kickback on that, but you don't have to go through me. You can go through somebody else. Like, I don't really care how you do it. I just need you to do it. If you are listening to this and you do not know where your fertility health stands at this moment in time, you are not allowed to be ignorant and anymore. Ignorance is not bliss here. You need to know because hopefully you'll just get bragging rights out of this. I hope you're healthy. I hope everything is fine. But the key here for the people who aren't fine is early detection. So that way you have time to be proactive and make some choices because you don't want that choice to be made for you. Oh, I love that way to wrap it up. Thank you so much. I wish you so much luck and I'm, you know, you're in my thoughts that all this works out because it's amazing that you're doing this for other people. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here and to have this place to speak about it because it's important to me and hopefully we can help some women avoid these problems. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns.